you have your Bibles this morning, Proverbs chapter 3 is where we're going to kind of be this morning, and also Genesis chapter 16 is what we want to look at. We're in our little series called I Choose. Uh, Last week we talked about the choice of purpose over popularity. We talked about you can't make everybody happy, you know, that kind of thing. And next week we're going to talk about discipline over regret. Either we choose discipline or we're going to experience the pain of regret. Most of us know how that is. If we've had mothers and we were raised, you know, we didn't mind and we got the pain of regret. Uh, and then the last week is going to be the important over the urgent. You see, I think every one of us sitting here this morning, there are some area of our life, if not a bunch of areas of our life, where we'd like to be in control. I mean, will you agree with me? We just want to be in control. We want to control everything that's going on. Is that you this morning? I mean, you can raise your hand if you want to, but we probably know who you are. Because we each struggle with this area of control. It's a battle that we have. And maybe you're sitting there this morning and you're saying, that's not me. You know, I have no issues with control. Uh, And if that's you and you're thinking that's the person next to you, that has these control issues, make sure you're taking good notes because you're driving the rest of us crazy trying to be in control, okay? And I'm not saying all this is bad. Uh, I'm not saying that having control and discipline and different things in our life is bad. But you know the people. It's either you do it their way or get out of the way and let me do it my way, you know, type thing. Don't waste my time. Either do it right, which translates do it my way, or don't do it at all. At home, everything has a place. I mean, the vacuum has a special corner. Uh, you have to mow a certain way, and I'm guilty of that. You know, they micromanage, they manipulate, they threaten. Everybody's got their thing they want to be in control of. In the New Testament, it was the Pharisees, wasn't it? The Pharisees want to be in control, so they keep making these laws and all these things for people to follow, although they didn't have to follow them. They wanted everybody else to follow them. And these people that we call control freaks, you know, they're fun to make fun of. Uh, Everything has a place and a place for everything. But it's one of those deals that sometimes we have to not be in so much control that we kind of let go of some things. Let go of some things that really doesn't matter. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which I read earlier, it's probably one of the most quoted, most popular And I would even say the most challenging scriptures there is for us as individuals. It simply says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. It says, in all your ways submit to him or acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I mean, he says, trust. Trust first and foremost. Trust the Lord with all of our hearts. Then it says, in all of our ways, we're going to acknowledge him. That word acknowledge simply means to know. To know God. It's the same word used in Genesis where it talks about Adam knowing Eve. You see, the more we try to control, the more we're afraid we're going to lose control. And the more we're afraid of losing control, the more we want to try to control. It's a cycle of fear a lot of times in people's lives that if I can't control anything and everything, then the world is falling apart. And I don't think that's the way God wants us to live. You see, what happens when you really see or have control 
gone bad. What I mean is really, really bad. There's actually a story in the Old Testament that when you really think about it and you read it through the first time and second time, you were taught it in Sunday school and you probably heard it preached about, you, you hear it and you say, well, it's okay, God forgave them and they went on with their life and everything's good. What if I told you that same story in the Old Testament is affecting us even today in 2018 in a huge way? Because there is. You see, the problem is when we try to take control and we're not surrendered to God, we rarely get it right. It just happens. There's two people in the Old Testament, Abram and Sarai. Later, Abraham and Sarah. Who at one point in the book of Genesis, they're afraid for their safety. And Abram actually lies to the people. And he says, Sarai is his sister, not he is my wife. So it starts out as a lie in their life. And you may say it's not a big thing, but it turns out into a big thing. And the biggest example with these two people is they wanted a child more than anything. They were getting up in age. And they're thinking this is not going to happen it's not going to happen that we're going to be able to have a family and the children. But you have to remember, God promised Abraham. He promised them a, to bless them with a family, to make them the father of a great nation. God promised them all these things. But what happened in the story is this. It took too long. God's timing for Abraham and Sarah wasn't their timing. And it just took way too long for God to do this. So what does Sarah do? She takes everything in control. She takes it. She goes, I'm going to take care of this. She goes, I'm going to do it my way so I can get the desired outcome. So what she's saying is, I can build my family my way. And she does it through her servant, Hagar. And what does she do with all those things? We're going to tell you here in a minute, but understand this. What happened is this. They have more faith in a person than they did God in this story. And this is what happens when we take things in control, when we won't let things go. At face value, it's okay. It's a mistake. God forgives. But listen to what it says in Genesis 16, 1 through 4. It says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. Abraham agreed with this. Here's the father of many nations that he's promised, and he's got God's blessings, but he still believed and did what Sarai wanted. He's lived in Canaan for 10 years, and Sarah takes this slave woman and gives her to Abraham, and what does he do? He sleeps with her, and she conceives, even though God has made a promise. But again, God's timing is not their timing. The decision is still impacting us today. Remember the child's name from Abraham and Hagar? Ishmael, absolutely. And then from Abraham and Sarah later is Isaac. You see, from that lineage, centuries later, out of Ishmael, you have the Palestinian nation. Actually, you get Mohammed traced back to them. What's going on in our world today? What are we battling over in the Holy Lands 
in that area, the same lineage. If Moses had listened to God, we wouldn't be suffering the consequences today. Out of Isaac, out of Isaac, the lineage is of of a Jewish nation where you actually get Christ because it was God's gift to them. Today, even when we have all these tensions, we have to ask ourselves, who are we following? Who are we listening to? Are we listening to somebody like Mohammed? Or are we listening to somebody we call Christ? So what do we learn? What do we learn from all this? I mean, I think we learned you have to listen to Christ. You have to follow Christ. You have to realize it's all in God's timing, not my timing. And God's timing is what? Always perfect. When I try to take control, what happens? We never get it right. It never works. So why did all this happen? I mean, why did this story of Abraham and Sarah come about in the Old Testament? It's all because control has gone bad. And we, I tell young people all the time, and we've heard it so many times, is, you know, you shouldn't date non-Christians because you're not going to change them nine times out of ten. And what I see more times than not is they change us so many times. You know, because it's not what God wants for us. I can change them. Or maybe you're one of these parents. We're talking about mothers on you know, Mother's Day and all these things. But maybe you're one of these helicopter parents. You know what I'm talking about? These parents that will never let their kids out of their sight. Now, I understand that today's age, it's different. And you kind of got to keep an eye on them, but all those things. But you even make sure their homework's done. And if they don't get it done, we do it for them. You know, I've done science fairs before, and it's like, there's no way this first grader built this robot. You know, there's no way, you know, because we want them to be perfect. Never let them fail. I mean, don't chew your gum like that. You know, what makes a difference? You know, but we want to do that. Make sure they wear helmets even when they're just walking down the street. It's even said today, this is a true statistic, that employees under 25 when they go to their job interview, mom sits in the car one in eight times. I read one article, actually, where moms tried to go in to the interview with their children. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to hire you. Get out, you know. But this is what we're talking about. So I want you to do me a favor. Name what you are trying to control in your life. Just name it. Your kids. Maybe they're grown kids, but they're not raising your grandchildren correctly. You know, uh, yeah, it could be. Maybe it's your spouses, your schedules, your coworkers, your image, your future. I want you to write it down. I mean, take time. Just write it down sometime today. What you're trying to control. And maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're going, I'm not going to do it. Not going to tell me how to do this. It's okay, stay in control. You're good. We'll get to you all here in a minute. Okay? And you know who I'm talking about. I mean, because you're like going, okay, I got this. You know, Kirk can shut up now because I know where he's going with it. Okay? We want to be in control. I have a saying, it simply says this Is this something that really is mine to control, or is it something that I'm supposed to trust to the Lord with all my heart? And lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him, and he will make my paths straight. You know, is it something I'm supposed to control? 
Is it something I'm supposed to have such a tight grasp on that I never let go of it, I never let it get out of my sight, I never let it have freedom? You know, sometimes when you hold a tight grasp on something, it's a good thing, but sometimes it'll kill it. When I was doing my fire training and I was over at Wayne Township, we were rappelling off the of four, five, six-story buildings. And it's one of those deals, as I'm all buckled in, I make sure my knots are right, and I've done my reading, done my training, but the guy on top that's going to be letting me down, I want to make sure he knows what he's doing. You know, I want to make sure he's focused. I want him chasing this squirrel across the road when I'm rappelling five or six stories. I want to make sure he has a good grip on things. But it's also the other way around. When I'm on top, letting them down, I want them to know I know what I'm doing. So sometimes it's good to have a good grip, but there's other times you've got to let them go. Sometimes our kids are hard to do that, to watch them go and be free and live their lives and do what they need to do. And there's other things in our life that we can't control. You see, I will choose to surrender, to trust God rather than control. And there's three questions that will help us choose surrender over control. Number one in your outline is this. Is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? Should I truly be concerned about this? You know, for me, sometimes I have to make choices of what I do during the day. You know, maybe I'm planning on going to a ball game or a football game, basketball game or whatever, but then somebody's supposed to have surgery, and it's not a tough decision. I'm going to go to the surgery, be with the people over the ball games. That's not real hard. Sometimes scripture over opinion. You know, somebody has an opinion about something. It's like, no, 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 but scripture says this. You know what they tell me a lot of times? I don't care. I don't care. No, yeah, you kind of got to, you know. It's a huge, it is my concern. Serve God over business, our attitude over feelings, over God's direction. How many people know, have people in their life that if you don't fold your bath towels just right, they go crazy? <laughs> I got one just like this, my. <laughs> You know, and my question is this, does it really matter? Here's what I want to say. It's not my concern. You all are nuts. You know, it's really not, you know, okay, for some of you it is, I get that. How about this? How about this? Kids get old enough, start dressing themselves, and they walk out with, Shorts and cowboy boots on. That's a style today, though. I mean, I, you can't really take that away from them. Or it doesn't match. Or they walk out, and they've got bedhead like you wouldn't believe. Does it really matter? Let me ask you this. Yes, yes, yes. What about the handprints on your glass door? Does it really matter? No. Five years from now, that's where I'm getting. Five years from now, does it really matter that the towels weren't folded right? Does it really matter that they weren't dressed correctly? Does it really matter their hair was messed up? Five years from now, does it really matter? Probably not. Probably not. You see, any kind of leadership, whether it's in the church or in our home or any organization or in our family, what we have to understand is what happens five years from now. I know Shirley washes these windows every week going in and out the doors. And most of them are fingerprints down low. And, you know, part of me is thinking, this guy drives her crazy. Week after week having those fingerprints on the doors. But you know what? 
Those fingerprints on those doors means there's kids at church. I was at a church where we had a daycare and the people got upset that the floor was kind of dirty or there were fingerprints on the walls. And it's like, okay, we'll shut it down and you won't have any of that. You know, does it really matter? Two important leadership truths we all need to remember. Number one, you could have control or you could have growth, but you can't have both. It's just a leadership lesson. It's called empowering the people. It's letting people do what God has called them to do. Let go of the little things. Yeah, it might get done just a little bit different. You might have done it or wanted it done differently. You can't have both control and growth. You can't have both. You know, you've heard me say when I mow, I want straight lines and I want it different. You know, that's, that's just me. But I was thankful Jeff stepped up and mowed Sunday. You know, and if you look out here, he kind of did this weird design thing. Yeah. Did I care? Not after the week I've had. When you go into fellowship hall after church, I want you to notice something. The tables are different. The guy set them up this way, not this one. I walked out and said, no, 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 no. That's too much change for a church. These tables have always gone north and south for the two years I've been here. You know, and I was joking. You know, does it really matter? The second one is this. You can have control or you can have intimacy with God, but you can't have both. See, the problem is we get so wigged out, freaked out about the things that really are not that big of a deal in life anymore. You have to ask ourselves, is this a big deal? Is this really worth my concern? And when we get this under our belts, when we get this in our brains, when we get this in our minds, then we start kind of seeing the big picture, the big idea when we're empowered and our church is empowered with what the Holy Spirit has for us and we have people doing what God wants them to do. Yeah, it may not get done the way I want it done. It may not get done exactly the way I fold the towels or do this or do that, but it's getting done for the kingdom of God. I've kind of already got in to our business a little bit about how the towels are folded, how your kids' you know, clothes don't match, how your hair's messed up. Um, you know, one of the deals I remember when the girls were growing up, I wasn't so much of it because I'm the dad, you know, I'm the dude. But, you know, Sandra's always telling the girls, clean their rooms. You know, make sure your rooms, you know. And one of them did decent. The other one was a slob, you know, type thing. But, you know, looking back on it now, did it really matter if grandma and grandpa came over and their rooms were messy or if there were toys on the floor and all those things? Absolutely not. You see, the very things that drive us crazy today will be the very things that we miss five years from now. I would give anything to go back and have my girls at home doing life, doing those things. You know, I miss that. The second question is this. Is it mine to control? You know, is it worth my concern, but is it mine to control? Sometimes, yes, it is, okay? Let's just get that out there. If it is, do something about it. If it's yours to control, if it's yours to be worried about, then do something about it. But you know that God won't do anything, everything for you. He wants us to do some things for ourselves. God may say, I want you to do this, I want you to accomplish this, but then he stands back and says, I want you to do it. I want you to take care of it. He says, I'm not going to do this for you. You've got to do it yourself. And that's okay. 
Because God is with us as he's watching over us. You see, there's a big difference in your outline between surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility. Okay? There's a big difference. There's some things God won't do for you. He tells us to go get involved first and foremost. So what we got to do. The last one is this, or the next to the last one. Is it for God alone? This thing we're trying to control, is it for God alone? One of those things that I'm desperately trying to control, but it's not my control in my life. In fact, this may be one of those things that I truly have to surrender to God. You know, sometimes I can't control it, sometimes I can't, sometimes it's not mine to control, but I want to and I've got to let it go. And that's hard. It's frustrating. This Friday, I went to the doctor about my diabetes. He took me off my medicine a couple of weeks ago. And if I do certain things, I could stay off my medicine. But I got to check my sugars and all that. So that means I'm not going to go see the Ratcliffs at the Oasis as much. Okay? It means I'm going to watch my diet. It means I'm going to get on my bike. It means I'm going to do th- There are things I can control. Okay? But there's some things I can't. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Paul's in prison. I mean, he's chained to a guard on house arrest, and he writes this for us. Listen to what he says. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, Paul's in prison I mean, he's been beaten, he's been stoned, he's been doing all these things, and he's saying, eh, don't be anxious about anything. You know, prayer petition, give your request to God. And he says, all these things and the peace and all the things that we'll have will guard our hearts, will do these things for us. When you try to control what you can't, we get anxious. It's what Abram and Sarai did. They couldn't control the fact that they couldn't have children, that God hadn't blessed them with children. So they took it in their own hands and they did what they want to do in their timing and we're paying for that sin even today. In every situation, what do you do? Paul says, prayer and petition. Give it to God. Your request, present it to God. That's why we give our children to God. That's what we pray for our children. We pray for our grandchildren. We pray for each other because we can't control what this life is throwing at us. So do me a favor. Don't ever insult God. Don't ever insult God by saying, well, all I can do now is pray. Have you ever heard anybody say that? I have. Well, only thing I got left to do is pray. And I'm sure God's up there saying, man, it sucks to be you if I'm the only one you got left to go to. Okay, don't insult God by doing that. Just imagine God up there in heaven looking down at you saying, eh, you know, too bad. In your outline it says this, prayer is never the last resort. It's always our first line of defense. It's our first offense in what we do. Scripture says, go boldly before the throne of God. We have access to God. He hears our prayers. Here's a God thing that says, with me, God says, all things are possible. So what can you do? We can do anything. But there's some things we've got to let go of. There's some things we can't control, and we have to choose surrender. When we give it to God, we have peace. When we don't give it to God, we're anxious. 
Can you change your spouse? No, but God can. Can you heal a loved one of cancer and sicknesses? No, but God can. Can you control your kid's future? No, but God can. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Understand this as we close this morning. When we follow Jesus, I mean, when we truly follow Jesus, we're never in control. We're never in control. It's a God thing. It's God leading us, guiding us, directing us. Just this last week, I had a conversation with a gal. I invited her to church, and she asked me all these questions. And it's like, boy, I hope so, you know, type thing. But I also wanted to say, you know, it's not what I want. It's what God wants. It's what God desires. It's where God is leading us and guiding us and directing us. We're never in control. It's always a God thing. If you're sitting here this morning, you've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You can do that this morning. Allow God to take control of your hearts and your lives and your minds and quit trying to control everything that's going on in your life and just stopping and listening to what God has for you.